Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ben Standing will join us at 1130. Uh, Steven Spector, our good friend from KC610, will join us at noon, talk about Chiefs, Dolphins, and the weather uh, in Kansas City at Arrowhead tomorrow night. Jumping on with us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline, is Bill Barnwell from ESPN. Uh, I've been a fan for a while. We've had Bill on the show several times. You can follow Bill on Twitter, at Bill Barnwell. Uh, Bill actually went through and predicted the entirety of the six games this weekend, the four games next weekend, the two that follow that, and then the Super Bowl we will get to that here momentarily because that is going out on a limb, but you do it every year um, in, in that column. Um, but let's start with Belichick. You know, I just made the case that <clears throat> for me in comparing him to Saban, it's actually his accomplishments that are more impressive because he plays in, or he's coached in a sport that's designed for the opposite to happen. You know, it's designed to prevent the dynasty that that he just presided over. What do you think? 
I agree with you. And I think that's the, the, the perfect way to put it is that you have so many systems in the NFL. You have the salary cap, you have free agency, uh, you have the, the draft, you know, you have all these systems that are designed to create parity and it works. I mean, you know, look, look at, you know, the fact that the Texans uh, and the Browns in the postseason this year is going to be the first playoff game, two teams who needed help from this offseason to get better. Um, but, but you look at the Patriots and they were so incredibly consistent. The, the only person I can really compare it to for that length of time, Joe Gibbs, obviously very successful. And I know near and dear to a lot of people in, in, in the DC area, but the only other person I compare it to who was as successful for as long a period of time was Don Shula, but Don Shula was playing mostly or coaching mostly in a different era. Um, he was coaching with no salary cap with, with no free agency for most of the, most of his time there in Miami. And Don Chula won three Super Bowls. Bill Belichick won three Super Bowls in his first five seasons and then won, you know, 10 more division titles, won three more Super Bowls, made it to three more, I believe, or two or three more as, you know, and lost. It's just, it's unfathomable to think that someone who was at the time regarded as probably not a great candidate or someone who, at least when he left Cleveland, was regarded as almost a pariah uh, in terms of his NFL future and the possibility of him being a head coach could be so successful so consistently for so long. So in your opinion, who is the greatest coach of all time? Is it Belichick? Yes. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's always tough to say. I, I wasn't around for George Hallis, obviously, or Paul Brown. And I think if you, you know, talk to the right person who knows enough about right. Bill Belichick, actually, that I think about it. Um, I don't know why that's the case, but I, I, I think that with, with Belichick, um, he was so consistently great and was, was so his highs were so high. And I think really he changed the league in so many ways. You know, you think about the, 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 the big moments, the, the big structural changes in the NFL over the past 25 years, so many of them revolves around Belichick plays or Belichick, uh, you know, Belichick decisions like the fourth and two a few years ago, or, um, you know, you the fourth Tom and Brady two the in field. their own territory against the Colts, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, the first, yeah, the first time we saw somebody uh, approach it that way, it, and remember, it was Peyton Manning on the other side, and he had the short field if they missed with less clock burned. All those things went into that. But I remember being fascinated. I'm going to stop you there for one second because I'm going to tell you this story. You'll mm-hmm. find it funny. So we used mm-hmm. to do the Jim Zorn show. It, it, it happened when Zorn was the coach in DC, oh, wow. and. My partner and I at the time, Tom Lavero, would do the Zorn show. It would be 30 minutes, and then we would do the rest of our show from our studio out at Redskins Park. And Zorn, I mean, he was different. Sometimes he would just hang around and listen to the show like he didn't have anything else better to do. And we were talking about that particular play, and he could not figure it out for the life of him and I and I during a commercial I walked through everything I said it you know this is why you would do it this is the whole thing and he's just like nope I'm punting it and, and, and this is I'll never forget what he said Bill he said I'm punting it because there's a chance that the returner might fumble the punt and I said what do you think those chances are <laughs> oh I mean not not brilliant by any stretch 
uh, of the imagination, but the, I'll never forget that play. But continue, because you were saying so much changed because of Bill. You mentioned that. What else? Yeah, you go back to 2003, um, that that playoff game, Patriots-Colts, where the Patriots were just beating the heck out of the Colts wide receivers and Bill Polian goes to the NFL and says, well, we need to, you know, reinforce illegal contact. It's not been being enforced. Our players are getting beat up with the quality of the game. is not fun to watch. League said, okay. So Belichick, of course, won another Super Bowl the following year and then said, okay, you guys want to throw the ball? We're going to throw the ball. And then goes out and trains for Wes Welker and Randy Boss and runs the spread offense. And the league's been a passing league really ever since. So, you know, whether it's been either causing the changes or being the first to react to the changes, Belichick for so long in New England has been ahead of the curve. Bill, was he the first to use defensive holding at the end of halves or end of games to burn clock to get it down to one play, like intentionally defensive hold or PI in the end zone, uh, you know, on a first and goal from the three situation or whatever? Was he the first to do that? That's a good question. I know Buddy Ryan has it in his playbook. And Belichick, you know, Buddy Ryan has a name for it. I can't say on the radio, unfortunately. Um, uh-huh. But Bel- Belichick, has, you know, Belichick was a contemporary. Um, so right. I don't know if he had it in his Giants playbook, but Buddy Ryan had it there at the same time. But, I mean, you talk about the, the schematic stuff and, and how thoughtful he was about the game. Um, there was the intentional safety. I forget who they were playing on that game. If they beat someone where they took an intentional safety late, uh, got the ball back, scored, and won the game. Right. Um, there was the stuff to bleed clock against, uh, you know, a punch at the end of the first half where very famously Mike Vrabel, you know, former Patriots yeah, of player, course. ran it against Patriots, ran it against Belichick and the Patriots and in the postseason in that last Brady playoff game. And Brady was furious. And <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Belichick was furious in the sideline. And Vrabel was uh, uh, just laughing, you know, that he got in his former boss. But, you know, when you talk to people in the NFL, about Bill Belichick at his peak, and, and really for 20 years, um, there would be stuff that the Patriots or Belichick would, you know, recommend to the competition committee as rules changes, where you'd hear from teams and they would say, we don't really have a strong feeling about this, but we're just voting no because we think Belichick's going to outsmart us. We think Belichick has an angle that we don't have. And so that, to me, I think is the ultimate level of of, of respect and the ultimate level of fear is that you have a – you know, the entire league, or at least certainly teams in the league, think that you're so much smarter than them that you have an angle they can't even fathom, let alone understand. Should his last few years without Brady tarnish his legacy at all? No, I mean, do we think less of like Tom Landry for the last few years in Dallas? Yeah, I think one that will Yeah, well, no, uh, Jimmy went one in 15, sorry, in that first year, yeah. He wasn't yeah. very good, though, Tom Landry at the very end. And, and I, I think one of two things will happen with, with, with Belichick and Brady at the end. Either it'll fade with history, you know, we won't think about it. We'll say, oh, they drafted the wrong quarterback or they had some cap issues and, you know, he's still the greatest of all time. Or he'll go somewhere else. And, and the final memories we have of him will be Belichick coaching the Chargers or somewhere else and, and seeing if he can win there. So I yeah. think, you know – there's some positives. I mean, the, the crazy thing is when I hear people say Belichick can't, uh, you know, can't relate to younger players or he's lost his touch. Do you know who the best defense in football was in the second half of the season? Yes. I point yeah, I mentioned it. They they were awesome. <laughs> it was the Patriots with guys yeah. 
And I, I mean, Kevin, I, I'm a professional football writer, and I'm not going to toot my own horn. I pay pretty close attention to the game, and I know I have plenty of friends who cover the game closely. I don't think any of us could name the Patriots 11 starters. And, and to me, that's a testament to how smart and how talented and, and how progressive Bill Belichick is on that side of the ball. He is still a star when it comes to running defenses dominant X's and O's strategic defensive thinker, probably right up there with the all-time defensive mind in the history of the game. Um, We're talking to Bill Barnwell. So where does he land? That's the the million-dollar question, huh? I mean, clearly he wants to coach. I I just said I I think he can be a good coach. It's two places, right? I I think there's a place that I think is – Two places make sense to me, the Falcons and the Chargers. The Falcons, you have uh, Arthur Blank, who I think wants to win now. Um, you have a, a, a infrastructure for you know, success. You have an owner who I think Belichick will trust. I think Arthur Blank is probably the closest owner in the NFL to Robert Kraft in terms of his personality, his patience, his, um, his reputation around the NFL. They have money. They have a, a weak division, which is, always helps you think about the Patriots divisions for 20 years. Um, they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> that's a big problem with the, the Falcons is I think you have serious issues with, uh, you know, having to get a quarterback, having to go get an OC, but the infrastructure is there. That's a good roster. Uh, and the other one's the Chargers. I brought them up, but, you know, I think if you're Bill Belichick and you think, hey, I've had trouble not winning with a good quarterback, best quarterback who has an opportunity right now is Justin Herbert. And you, you, you sort of maybe you keep Kellen Moore and you say, hey, Kellen, you take care of the offense. Um I'm going to run the defense. I'll, I'll run, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and run personnel, but maybe I'll bring in somebody. Maybe I'll bring in like uh, uh, the guy I brought up in the past is Thomas Dimitrioff, who was with the Falcons before that with the Patriots. You know, maybe I'll bring in someone to help me with personnel, but I'm just going to run the defense. You run the offense. We'll be good. I, I know it's Mahomes. I know it's a tough division, but it really depends on what Bill wants. I really think he's going to have, if not his pick of jobs, I think he will have, the vast majority of places say, if you want to come here, we will accommodate you because I think his reputation, his resume, and uh, you know his his legacy. You know, the idea of having Bill Belichick coach your team is meaningful to me more than having anyone else coach your team in the NFL. Yeah, you did not mention Washington. There are there there are mm-hmm. other national people that have mentioned Washington. All of the reporting here locally is that. Josh Harris is going to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm curious as to what you think about the Washington opening and where it ranks right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw John Kimes reporting on that topic and um, I, we, we can talk about it. I don't know that it makes a ton of sense to me to have Belichick go to Washington, given what's happening there. Um, I, I think it is appealing for a couple of reasons. Number one, you have the second overall pick. And so you know you're going to get a quarterback in this draft who you feel good about or probably feel good about. I can't imagine there's a ton of people who only like one quarterback in this draft. If you don't like any of the quarterbacks, you can trade that, probably get three or four first-rounders, kickstart your rebuild in a different way, probably draft a quarterback in the future. I think that's unlikely. I think they're going to be taking a quarterback at two. But you have that as a significant sort of asset to start your rebuild. And then I think you're going to have an owner who – recognizes that this is going to take time. And I I look at what Josh Harris has done elsewhere with the Sixers. That was a 
the tanking of all tanking, the rebuild of all rebuilds in terms of how low and how bad they were willing to get. I don't think that's going to happen with Washington, but I think it, it, it lets you appreciate Josh Harris's appetite for starting over and recognizing, okay, if we're going to do this the right way, we're going to have to be stagnant or take a step backwards or, or really rethink all of our processes to get to a place where in two or three years, we are in good shape. Now, now we just saw Kevin with Houston, if you get the right guys, right coach, right quarterback and right edge rusher, Will Anderson, you don't need five years. You can fix your, yeah, it's different. It's team. completely different than the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, it is. No question. But just in terms of the appetite, just in terms of how you think about a situation, I think this doesn't feel like a Mark Davis situation. It doesn't feel like a Bob McNair situation where a coach is going to go there and be one and done. And I think if you're a aspiring coach, if you're a prospective coach who has options, I think Washington will be appealing for that reason. And again, it depends on what kind of coach you are. If you're an old school you know, coach who wants to win now, Washington is not the right job for you. But if you're younger, if you want a long-term deal where you're going to have time to grow and develop and, um, you know, have some influence on how, how, how the roster is constructed, I think Washington could be a very good opportunity for you. Talking to Bill Barnwell from ESPN, at Bill Barnwell on Twitter. So um, with respect to who will land in Washington right now, what's your best guess? First of all, uh, it looks like Adam Peters or Ian Cunningham will end up becoming the president of football ops. Do you have uh, a preference among the two? Do you have a hunch on who takes this job of the two? Peters has been such a, a hot candidate for so long. You know, I think he's even turned down opportunities around the league to interview, if not necessarily get the job altogether. But I think the fact that he's willing to come to Washington, take the interview, go to a second interview, I think is telling about his interest. Um, no disrespect to Ian Cunningham. I don't know Adam Peters personally, but just in terms of his reputation around the NFL, not that Ian Cunningham has a bad reputation. You can see I'm trying not to be disparaging yeah. about uh, Ian, but just, you know, I, I think Adam Peters is someone who, for a couple of years now, it's been like, okay, this guy is going to be, you know, a GM or, you know, someone running football ops somewhere. So would not be surprised if it ended up being Peters. Um, but, you know, I, I, in the long run, I think it's not just about the guy you hire, but also how much are you empowering him? How, how, how much, you know, what kind of information are you providing? How, you know, what's that process going to look like? What's the president going to be? You know, is just right going to stick around? Is it going to be, um, you know, how, how much are you investing in scouting? How much are you investing in analytics? I, I think, there, there's so much to be decided and so much that's changing with Washington that it's not just going to be about, you know, Peters or Cunningham, but also what's around them. Um, and then, of course, they have to pick a head coach as well. Yeah. Um, so do you have a, a hunch or a preference on coach? What would be the best match here? Well, you have to figure an offensive coach would make sense. I always say that teams try to do the opposite of what they did previously when they had a head coach. I feel like teams, you can get a little stick of the guy you have if you fire him. So if you have, you know, Juan Rivera, and again, I think Juan Rivera is a, a great human, someone who has, you know, just respect everywhere around the NFL. I think right. even he would say it was probably time for him to go in Washington. Juan Rivera, an old school defensive coach, probably leaning towards a younger offensive minded coach. And, and I think Ben Johnson is of course the, the dream scenario. I think so much interest around the NFL in Ben Johnson. And, you know, if Ben Johnson wants to coach one of these two young quarterbacks, the, the Bears job is not available. So presumably if the Bears are drafting a quarterback, he's not going to get his pick there. So 
the, the best opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to work with Drake May or Caleb Williams, that's going to be in Washington. So I think there is real interest and a real logical fit there. The guy who I would pick, the guy who if I was building around a young coach um, would be Mike McDonald, the, the Ravens defensive coordinator. And that's because, you know, uh, even though he's not an offensive uh, minded guy, even though he's a defensive minded guy, you look at that Ravens roster and there are so many players, Kevin, who are better in Baltimore than they were elsewhere. I mean, think about some of the guys they had. They have, you know, Kyle Van Noy was a free agent to start the season. Jadavian Clowney was, you know, on the street in mid-August. Uh, even guys like, like uh, Roquan Smith, who is a superstar, even he's been better in Baltimore than he was in Chicago. And, you know, I, I think you need to be a player development machine. I think the best coaches are the ones who, you know, bring in players and get more out of them and, and you know, have them look more coherent in their, in their on their team than they were in their prior stop. And Belichick is great at that. Mike Brable, who is now available, is great at that. Um, I, I, but I think Mike McDonald's done that, and he's also much younger than those guys. And so I think in terms of, of roster building, in terms of building a program, I think I'd lean towards McDonald. That's interesting because, like in a situation like Washington, and five of the seven coaches that they were that they reportedly um, requested interviews with were, were defensive coaches. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to get the OC right because you're going to take a quarterback at two. So who mm-hmm. would be if they did hire Mike McDonald or Raheem Morris or Dan Quinn? Who would they hire? Who who's the offensive coordinator? Who's the the quarterback coach that's going to be a hot OC candidate in this offseason? Because we haven't talked about that in the event that they go defense. Yeah, you know, I, I really think it depends on who they hire. And you saw it to Miko Ryan's, right? Like the guy he brought to Houston was the guy he was on the staff with in San Francisco. It was San Francisco, Bobby Slowick, yeah. who has been phenomenal for uh, you know for the the Texans this year, I think he's probably going to be a head coach somewhere in 2024. So I think if it's Mike McDonald, maybe you look at the Ravens staff. T. Martin is there as their quarterback's coach. He's done obviously great work with in helping Lamar Jackson mold into, you know, what I think a lot of us expect to be an MVP season for him. Maybe he brings along T. Martin. If it's Dan Quinn and the Cowboys, maybe it's Scott Tolzien, who was a former Packers player, who's the quarterback's coach there. You know, I think that's, that's sort of the logical place to go with it, I think, is you know, bring in someone from your staff. Um, McDonald maybe has some ties to you know, folks from Michigan, folks from the past um, who might fit there. But, I, you know, I, I think I, I understand the logic of us saying, you know, bringing in a guy who's an offensive-minded coach because then you never have to worry about losing the OC. Like, you know, will Cedar Stroud take a step backwards if Bobby Slowick is not the – you know, the, uh, not the OC in the, or the next years to come because he's a head coach somewhere else? I think that's a fair question. But at the same time, you have to figure defensive coaches are probably undervalued. I mean, if, if, if the majority of teams are preferring offensive coaches, you'd say, okay, maybe I'm going to, you know, head in the other direction. And maybe the best defensive coach available is better than getting the fourth or fifth best offensive coach available. And I think with the Texans, we'll see what happens. It's only year one, but you got to figure. They're thrilled with D'Amico Ryan as opposed to hiring – you know, whoever the, the, the next best offensive coach they could have hired would have been, even if they run the risk of losing Slovak for, you know, after a year or two. With all of your data and your advanced numbers, have you looked <laughs> at the top three quarterbacks and do you have an order? I don't get. And, and I, okay. I, 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 I always try to be upfront about that. You know, in the past, I think I would kind of, you know, I'd be like, oh, I've seen them here or there. But, you know, I, I really have to focus on the NFL during the season. And, 
Understood. I, I so would not want to, uh, you know, to, to mislead someone and say I have paid close attention to those guys. But you do agree, Washington's it, that quarterback is a major need. There was a point during this season mm-hmm. where there was, you know, there were signs, encouraging signs that Sam mm-hmm. Howell might, you know, become, you know, a, a full time NFL starter. But th- that kind of faded over the last half of the season. You agree yeah, that quarterback I mean, yeah. is the is a big need. No question. And I think, you know, it depends on how they evaluate those guys, right? I mean, if you have yeah, that front of office, which, again, it's going to be changing. You know, if, if they don't like any of these guys, you trade, you move down, you go, maybe you bring in somebody else, maybe you bring back Jacoby Brissett, and you say, okay, we're going to get three first round picks and we're going to, you know, evaluate the guys for 2024. These aren't the last quarterbacks who are ever going to exist. But, you know, if there's a guy you love, you're taking him at two. I, I don't think that's even a question at this point. Um, right. You know, whether he fails or not, even if he fails, it, it's still, this is your opportunity to take a shot. You know, you have to get that guy eventually. You know, if you have to take two shots, that's not the end of the line, but I, I think you take your swing now if there's a guy you love it to. All right. Let's, uh, you're so generous with your time, but let's just wrap it up with <laughs> this weekend. All right. So of the six games, what's the game that you can't wait to watch the most and then give me the game that you think more likely than not ends up being the big upset of the weekend, or at least one of okay. them. So game I can't wait to watch, Rams-Lions, where I think it's going to be a shootout. You have two great offenses. They match up well against one another. Um, you have, of course, the, you know, the drama of Matthew Stafford in Detroit, Jared Goff playing the team that basically dumped him. Um, you know, I, I really feel like it's such a – a unique game. I, I think it's going to be so meaningful for Detroit's future, right? You know, if, if the Lions win, hey, look, we won a division title. We won a playoff game. You know, the vibes are great. We, we've accomplished what we wanted to accomplish this year. Everything beyond that point is, you know, house money. They lose. At least to Matthew Stafford, the guy they traded away. I think that's the first, you have those first sort of negative thoughts of, is Jared our guy? You know, I think there's, right. there's, there's more writing on that game for the Lions than it feels like right now. For the upset, hmm. I, mm, I, I, I would, I would pick Steelers Bills if TJ Watt was playing because it's like the dream matchup of Josh Allen, who is incredible, but also turns the ball over versus a uh, versus a Steelers defense that thrives on takeaways. Buccaneers Eagles doesn't seem fair because the Buccaneers are underdogs, but they're also right. the four seed. They're at home, so I don't feel like picking them. I think the Packers, right? And I'm someone who's high on the Cowboys. I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. But I think the Packers are a team that's playing well. They're the, one of the youngest. I think they are the youngest team in football, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I think they're better than their record. They're better than their um, their, their season-long performance looks like. They have a very hot quarterback who's playing well in Jordan Love, who I think has made significant visible strides as the season's gone along. And the Cowboys are a high variance team. You know, if they get ahead 14, nothing early and they can, you know, pin their ears back and go after the quarterback and go for interceptions, they're going to win this game by 30. But if they get behind early, the Packers can run the ball on them, which we've seen other teams do. Cowboys are vulnerable. So there's no perfect team in this, this wild card round by any means. Well, I'll just ask you to then fast forward quickly to your Super Bowl matchup and, and tell everybody who these two teams beat to get there. (laughs) <laughs> it's the Cowboys and Chiefs. In part because I picked them before the year. I feel like Okay, I'm so you're sticking with Cowboys and... Chiefs. Regardless of what the Chiefs have looked like here recently, and they'd have to go to bu- uh not to Buffalo. They'd have to go to um uh they'd host oh, Buffalo and, and they'd have to go to Baltimore. No, they'd have to go to Buffalo. They'd have to go to Buffalo and to Baltimore, but neither of those teams 
Carolyn, we've seen her perfect. The Bills, they lost to the Broncos at home earlier this year, lost to the Jets. And the Broncos and the, the Ravens, I mean, you know, we've seen them beat themselves. To me, I don't think it's about who they're playing. I think it's about the Ravens and if they can, you know, get out of their own way for two games in the postseason. And then the Cowboys, that seems even more controversial than the, <laughs> the Chiefs, given that they... Yeah, given the score the earlier this year. Yes, but I went back and looked through history. I went back and said, okay, you know, when teams have dominated, if they've won two postseason games in a row in back-to-back years against the team, if they've won a regular season game against the team, do they ever win that matchup if they play a third year in a row? And the answer is yes. The the, the Bucks did it to the Eagles uh, right around the turn of the 2000s, and the Niners did it to these very Cowboys. They flipped it in the mid-'90s. They won two playoff games against – or Cowboys beat them twice in the postseason. Third year, Niners beat the Cowboys. So – it is possible. I'm not going to lie. It does not feel possible right now. I can understand why anyone would be skeptical. But, hey, well, maybe I'll look like a genius. I'll probably look like a fool by the time we have this conversation. No, I, I mean, it, next year. it's uh, – I'm just trying to think of how they would do it. After watching that matchup earlier in the year, mm-hmm. it was like it just seemed like a complete and utter – just mismatch in terms of what they did mm-hmm. well versus what the 49ers did well. But look, it could happen if they end up having Josh Johnson and then Christian McCaffrey play quarterback <laughs> in the NFC championship game. Uh, Bill, yeah. thanks. As always, really appreciate your time. Of course. Always happy to talk, Kevin, anytime. At, uh, at Bill Barnwell on Twitter. Bill does such a great job. 49ers, I mean, Cowboys, Chiefs. He's got the Chiefs beating the Ravens in the AFC title game and the Cowboys exacting revenge for that embarrassment earlier in the year, the 42-10 to 10, uh, loss uh, to the 49ers. All right, Ben Standing next with the latest on the searches. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 